This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Steven, I yeah, I thank you for joining me on this podcast. Ah, oh, joining you was a pleasure. I want to tell you what happened a couple weeks ago or last week. Let's start with this anecdote. I I get a little email from all the different analytics tools I've plugged in. It tells me how wonderfully our podcast is growing and ah. Oh. It's heartwarming, it's encouraging, and it includes a little section on new reviews that have been posted. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I was on the phone with you when I opened this email, but it showed me the text of our first non-five-star review. Oh no. oh, no. And my initial reaction was to see who this, this fellow was and just preach to my own self, let's let's call him up and ask him if he's not getting his money's worth for everything he's paying to receive the Abraham's Lot podcast. Yeah, I think that's an appropriate question. But what he said was, please stop reading the blog. What? And, and when we started this podcast, we said, we don't have time to do a podcast. We're already trying to write a blog full of interesting content. And it pays us zero dollars. That's right. Um, so we'll just read the blog post and maybe a few guys who are, you know, assembling medical devices on a uh, all day long basis can, can listen to our podcast and yeah. it'll be a, just a little bit of new audience for us. The podcast has grown faster than the blog, even oh. though the blog, the blog still has a much larger audience. The podcast is growing and I really think it's interesting. So as I reflected on this review that said, quit reading the blog, we just want to hear you guys talk. People thought, love listening to other people talking. People love listening to you talking, Stephen. That's for oh, sure. I don't okay, know about good, the rest. Good, 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 good. But I said we're gonna we're gonna split the difference here, and in, we're not gonna just give you a new original piece of content every week. And this is actually gonna create some more homework for our podcast listeners because we're not going to read you the blogs anymore. And we are going to expect that if you're interested in the conversation we're about to have, you're going to go read the blog. Wow. But we're going to give you what you ask for, Mr. Three Star. And uh, <laughs> we're going we're to have a conversation based around some of the stuff we've written. It won't just be us reading the blog. And we're going to see what you think. So if you love this, I mean, you might love it so much you think that's, that's going to give an extra half a star. And you might oh even go, gosh. you might go back to Apple and say three and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, well, I, if we're setting up ground rules for the future and we presume that we're speaking to our uh, ravenously loyal audience right now, I would just say um, if we pull the plug on reading our, our writings, our writings are still going to, I mean, they're still the way that I think through things they're going to be the place where we put research and conclusions. And if we're not going to, if we're not going to rehash any of that audio wise, then it's a, it's not a little bit of homework for people. It's like to get what we throw down, you, you have to start with what we write. I think it feels to me like the conversations are, are color 
to the to the content the, of writing. I mean, I don't I don't I don't come to five really hard conclusions and go. I'm going to go chat through those with a question mark hanging in the air. I I want to write them down. So, anyways, the upshot for me is. I actually do appreciate when people give us feedback on what they think we're doing. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I was being silly and making fun of our reviewer, but I think we'll try this. We'll see how it goes. I don't promise to never read another blog on this podcast, but we're going to try it out. Okay. And on that note, what are we starting with? Let's start with something. We've addressed it on the blog before Abraham's wallet dot, org um don't say that it's abrahamswallet.com <laughs> we've spent good money for that domain okay okay um we've we've addressed this topic before but it's one that morphs so quickly and is constantly in flux um and that is the subject of technology um it's interesting i'm i'm on a kind of um think tank team um at my church and we're working on a um, a series that we're going to be doing soon. That's about politics. What does the what does the church have to say about politics? How do we as kingdom people navigate politics? And um, <laughs> there's a young guy in there who's kind of helping to produce the content. And he he had to sit down with me and said, "I I want to know how you get the news." Um, your political news? And I said, well, that's an interesting question. Um, one, I would never, ever turn on my television and watch the news. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I assume that. <clears throat> um, I don't know if I've ever watched a news broadcast in my life. Uh, I would never do that. I used to read a newspaper to get the news. And then when we trans when we transitioned to the internet, I think a lot of us thought, well, neat, we'll read our newspapers, but on a screen and we don't have to go to the sidewalk to get the newspaper. We'll just be sitting there in the morning. And I can't tell you the last time I went to a news outfit, USA Today or Washington Post or New York Times looking for news. I don't do that anymore. And I said, you know, I haven't asked myself that question in a long time, but really, to be honest, whenever I do check Twitter, I follow people who, I know there was a democratic debate this week, I'm certainly not gonna watch that, but the people that I follow, if there if there's an explosion that happens at the debate, these people will comment about it, and that's how I'll know there's news. So one of our mutual friends, Jeff Davenport, he's kind of dialed, he loves news, so he's dialed into news, and he'll text me sometimes, did you ever hear, did you, what do you think about what happened in Brazil? And I write back, I have no idea what happened in Brazil. And then he'll give me a bottom line of this news item. I go, okay, now I know, now I know the important news. And I always tell him, I don't have to pay attention to the news because you'll tell me whatever the important news thing is. And that, that's how Twitter works for me is that I, I follow, I don't know, 20 people that they're going to comment on something important. That's how I find out. And my point is, Sorry about that ramble. I know it's fascinating to hear about my conversations, but the point of the ramble is technology is moving all the time. And, and we just bought a new car, which maybe we'll write a post about sometime. This car 
this car will read you the news if you want. This car does things I didn't know cars could do. And technology and new apps and new ideas, they're happening all the time around us and everything's morphing constantly. So I think it's worth a revisit because I, I would venture guess that maybe we have new thoughts on technology that we haven't, we haven't put, uh, we haven't typed out yet. So that's a hundred percent true. So the first we had, we wrote a whole series of five articles and they were about smartphones. So we're narrowing the broad category of technology and just talking about smartphones. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about other things in here, but I finished this series with a, here's how I've set up my technology life. I remember it was like the, your grand manifesto and here's how you do it. And I've completely changed like half of the items ah! on that list in the last two years since we wrote this back in 2018. So I think that the, the smartphone specifically has made this so important of a conversation to me because it rides around with us everywhere. It has absolutely changed the way I have dinner with friends. It's changed the way I put my kids to bed, not for the better, um, left unchecked. It will come into every space of our lives. And that's why I sort of wanted to focus in on the phone. Well, how, 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 how does it change how you put your kids to bed? Man, I think that this whole series came from me looking at my own self and saying, you just don't have much self-control left to your own devices. So I will look at, like, I know if I stick Twitter on my phone, I will look at it every five minutes all night long, including when I'm reading a bedtime story, I'll feel it kind of buzz or something and I want to see. That's why I would never even consider one of those Apple watches. I was having lunch with somebody yesterday and I was just like, stop looking at your stinking watch, man. Like, but you take your phone into your children's bedroom at night? Not anymore. And we're going to get to why and kind of <laughs> okay. how I've set up my life. But I'm, I'm not here to brag. I'm here to tell you that left to my own devices, I will just stare at that thing constantly. Gotcha. And, and so that's why this even felt like an important topic to address for me. Some of you, I'm thinking of our mutual friend, Tim Douglas carry around the latest greatest iPhone and tells me none of these things have been a problem. So we're not here to tell you what you have to do. We're here to maybe surface some, some potential pitfalls of technology and give you some new ideas when it comes to how you set up your own tech life. Tim Douglas is a pure hearted freak. That's true. I don't think Tim, I don't think he, he you know, normal temptations don't, don't, get to him he's also a little bit um, um unemotional so anyway there's a trade-off there he's a wonderful man he might be technology he, he might <laughs> his name is data yeah yes <laughs> we love you tim if you're listening yes. wonderful so, man. i want to read i'm gonna read i'm sorry but i'm gonna read some something from sort of the bible it's the message translation <laughs> and nearly the bible yeah. And it's Romans 12, one through two. And it says this, it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I'm going to say Damn. that again. 
Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Well, I'll just, I'll just jump in here and say, I think on this topic, it's funny because if we're going to be, um, I don't know, protective at all or suspicious of possibility of, of harm, it feels like we have to go all the way back to the spirit world and saying, the Bible teaches that we are living in enemy territory and that the prince of this air, as the Bible calls Satan, the prince of this air, of the air, and of this world, has a goal, and it's to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. So that's that's a starting place to kind of go, okay, if I'm in a place where I'm I'm... I'm in occupied territory all around me. And the person who's occupying isn't ambivalent about me, but wants me actively destroyed. What are the tools at his disposal and how would he go about destroying you? And it's also helpful to know that most believers would like to shut up their ears to this battle that's going on and simply go, we're just gonna be nice citizens we're going to just pay our taxes, try to help the little old lady across the street, and we'll just be nice people. And I think that's the tradition that you and I were raised in, um, more so than, than actively talking about it. But we have to, we don't have to, I, I see that this culture has an active interest in disarming um, and disbodying the family because the Bible so champions the family as the center of kingdom life and where discipleship happens and where church life happens and where worship and training happens. And so to me, that's kind of be a starting point for like, now why are you guys even worried about technology? Well, the bottom line of why we're even worried about it is because we think it's an avenue for destruction to come into your home. So we want to, uh, we t tell the story on, on the, uh, on the post of meeting the Amish guy. And we, he, he was an interesting study because he was somebody who used technology for his farm and tour business. And that guy used an iPhone. Yes, he did. <laughs> Sorry, we've just switched microphones. Yes, he he used an iPhone, and he, while he wanted to use technology for his, you know, farm and for his little tour business he had going, he was also at the same time really protective and even worried. He saw it as a threat of that technology coming into his home. So he thought, my home life and my home culture is so precious that anything that could come into it has to be negotiated by me. And I have to think through what happens 
and he had made a hard stand. Well, that he said, my iPhone is never coming into my house. He said it would be destructive to my family. Well, we're talking to people who probably have multiple iPhones in their home and have never thought about it at all. We didn't, we never even took the time to think about the threat to our possible home community. And we just said, oh, there's a, they're rolling out something new. It'll be easier. Of course, I'll take it. And so I just feel like we kind of need that preamble for people to understand where we're coming from or else you kind of go, why are, why are you even worried about technology at all? Why is it even worth discussing? And for us, it's because it's going to affect the culture of our homes. And so we have to have a stance that we've at least thought through that we can defend. So that's where we're coming from. And that's why we would see new technologies. It's a possible threat. So let's talk about it and see whether it, whether it's something that we want to accept or reject. So anyways, I just felt like we need to get into all that. Yeah. And I think we could just, I, I'm just going to throw out a hypothesis and we can, I don't really want us to take this apart because I want to kind of preview what all we want to cover in the next few chats. But okay, here's my hypothesis. If the enemy's out to crush families and most of the guys listening to this podcast are listening because they have some interest in kind of viewing family differently from the broader cultural uh, momentum, which I would argue says families are about preparing individuals for successful individualism. And if we think about the trajectory of technology, like our grandparents sat around and listened to radio shows, maybe our parents even, um, they listened to radio shows, which was new technology. It changed from evenings being about playing music and talking and reading to we're listening, we're engaging technology, but at least we're looking at each other's faces and kind of the reactions in the room are shared, etc. Then the TV came. Now we're all staring at a picture that changed things. It kind of pushed, mm. us, pushed us a little bit farther apart. And then there was the internet where we could all kind of at on demand, we didn't have to wait for a show. So we weren't as likely to gather around at the same moment. We could on demand dial up the thing we wanted to engage with on the internet. Um, but I would say for my generation, the computer was still sitting in the kitchen. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't in my bedroom. I didn't have a laptop. I don't know if a laptop existed when I was in high school, but it certainly wasn't something we had in the house. And so there was another step towards my own individual world um, as technology progressed into my home when I was a teenager. And skipping a few steps to today, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the pod, I am tempted to engage technology sort of even when I'm with my family. And I can have this individual experience. Like my family does not give two rips about what I follow on Twitter or uh, watching people deadlift on Instagram. Not interesting to my family, but uh, but I'm tempted, and I can create. Nor do any, nor do me or any of your listeners want to watch people deadlift. Hey, kind of curious. Someday we're gonna have a deadlifting topic on the blog because I really think every every single guy listening to this should be deadlifting at least once a week. Okay, but. I think that technology as it has progressed has progressed to a hyper individual and isolating even when we're in presence of others thing. And that to me is the cultural attack that we are out to, to counter. It's not, 
that there's something wrong with the internet and having all the knowledge of the world available all the time and all that. It's that technology left unchecked is going to isolate us even when we spend time mm -hmm. together. Yeah, that's really scary. If you think, I mean, for me, it is, a, it is an assumed that one of the massive ills of our culture and, and the contributor to most mental illness um, and a lot of the spiritual illness of our time is isolation. And so things that produce isolation, certainly isolation from your family. Oof. We, we, we got to lock horns with that thing. So totally agree. So let's, if we, if we can assume that there's a possible threat here, we don't want to be isolated. Then let's get back to practicalities of like you talking about um, putting your kids to bed. So it would seem like maybe a good rule would be there's not going to be any um, screens when you're putting your kids to bed, for instance. That might be a good tactic. What, what are some other tactics that you follow or some practical help you've found? Well, so I think we're going to get into real practical like solutions that I've used, things that I've proposed in my own house in the past that I thought were valuable for a time, but then I moved to not using them. Uh, for me, the, the important stuff I want to cover as we talk through everything we've written on technology is kind of probably easily broken into six big buckets. One is Whoa. this present. You thought through this. You have six buckets. Yeah. Well, we wrote six articles and so we're not going to have six podcasts about each one of them. But I do think if you guys want to know kind of what we want to cover in these chats, it's the idea of, of boredom. You know, you just said it, we're filling all of the space and our whole society has become very isolated. Like when's the last time you stood in line for a burrito and talked to somebody next to you that would in the article that we wrote about boredom, I just talked about sitting in a waiting room and there was a guy who, whose office was right next to this waiting room. He could see me sitting there staring at the wall and it made him so uncomfortable that I didn't have a phone in my hands that he came out <laughs> and offered me his phone to like oh my listen, goodness. listen to music while he was, because he was sitting there working on his computer and he just kept looking over. And finally he was like, Hey man, do you want like, uh, to listen to some music here? So I was like, no, I'm totally okay. I'm waiting for 10 minutes for somebody for an appointment. Wow. But that's one of them is we've completely filled every bit of free space. And now we're starting to fill space. That's just not super, uh, engaging. So that might be an indictment of how much I love reading bedtime stories sometimes. But if it's not like fully <laughs> capturing my attention, I'm starting to think, well, I wonder if there's anything more exciting out there. So that's one. The second one is sexual purity in the smartphone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to do a whole episode on that. Honestly, I want to talk about it because I can't tell you how many guys tell me I'm struggling with porn. And I say, well, you're carrying an iPhone. They're like, yeah, <laughs> so we can dig into that. But number three is like, when's the last time like knowing something had value? I mean, 
my daughter who's nine already has it in her brain like why do we really need to memorize anything you guys can always look it up so that's an interesting change and how has that changed our families um and then we're a blog ostensibly about finances so (laughs) how much are we spending on all this tech uh and are we really getting value for it uh we talked a little bit about submitting our will uh to god and at least being willing to consider radical changes in our tech. So I think that's a good conversation to have. And lastly, I published a post that was kind of how I do everything when it comes to smartphones. Uh, I talked about things like the BlackBerry device, uh, believe it or not. And so that's kind of the outline of what we covered in this. I think that there's some pretty important stuff to to established before we get to here's what we think you should do for rules i don't think we're even going to give you guys rules for what you do i think what i want to do is give you some hard questions and tell you you have to answer these you can't just not answer these questions because they will be answered for you and i think we may have already established that they're not going to be answered in a way that's pro uh the the establishment and strengthening of your family. What do you cool. think, Stephen? So, uh, I think uh, you kind of know what you want to do. So, are we done with this conversation? Or are we going to get into any of those now? Well, I thought it would be interesting to hear a little bit on this whole presence, distraction, and boredom topic from you. Like, you've always had a smartphone. You weren't like me, where you maybe you let it get out of control to the point where you said, screw it, I'm going to carry a flip phone. So how do you, how do you sort of observe the smartphone impacting things inside and outside of your family? And how do you protect yourself against the, the ever present siren song to go check in on the, uh, the fantasy basketball team when you would, are intending to be doing something else? Or is that just not a temptation for you? Well, yes. It is. So all I can talk about are my intentions and my struggles. Um, there are some things that are easier for me to do uh, t- with regards to turning off than seem to be easy than, than seem to be for other people because Mark Douglas says we're the last, I don't know if this is the case for you, but he's talking about me and him. We're the last generation to have come of age without the internet and instant everything around us. So it seems, it seems like it's easier for me to be um, unplugged than it is for a lot of people that I look around and see. Um, When I'm in the car, you know, like as a passenger, I want that thing stowed and put away because my thought is, well, we're here together. Like I like to be together with people. (laughs) And so um, to be in a car with somebody is to me a magical opportunity. It's like, well, we have fixed time here where we don't have any responsibilities except to ride. So why don't we just talk together? So that's easy for me. Um, a f- like Zenith dream fantasy night together for me is, um, you know, make dinner as a family, have dinner as a family, clean up as a family, and have a board game, followed by a little reading 
be together uh, before we go to bed. So that's like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a generational thing or whatever. I've, I've just kind of old fashioned, but that feels like the best kind of fun to me. So I want to do those things. Um, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, the The board game idea is one we stole from you guys, I think, having come back from Cincinnati and played a board game with you. Amelia and I have started incorporating a board game once a week or something. Um, and it's amazing how you're doing something, but it's so much more connecting than yeah. watching a Netflix show. So that's a that's a practical takeaway for you guys. Try out a board game. <laughs> you know, my daughter was saying this to me yesterday. She has this little, it's, it's not unlike the old fashioned um, handheld like football game that you used to play that had like eight blips on a screen and you manipulate these things. Uh, that was, that was as bad as a video game in many ways, but all you're doing is it's a, it's a, it's a, um, problem solving activity is all that it is. And so my, my um, eight year old has this thing that's about as big as an iPad, but it's just, it's just red dots and you can either do like Simon says on it, you can play tic-tac-toe. It does a couple of simple things. And she was doing this memory game on it. And she, she said something to me like, why don't, why don't the rules around screens apply to me doing this and it was funny because she and i were playing tic-tac-toe on that thing together and i said well uh you're not passively watching something on this and you're not doing a nonsense thing you're this is a these are like games that help you like solve problems and it's a reason that we do board games together it helps you board games do a number of things besides just helping relationship. They help you solve problems and they help negotiating skills off and you have to choose between several options. And anyways, um, I thought it was really an astute comment on her part, which is, well, it's kind of the same shape. It has an on button on it. And how is this not a screen? And I'm like, well, it's, it's an electronic game. Well, what's the difference between those things? So anyways, um, yeah, we love that stuff. So I, I like, I, I like riding in my car and I have a, right now I, I drive a 97 uh, Land Cruiser. So I have a tape deck and a CD player in there and I like those things. Um, I like the, I like, I, if I'm on like serious, did you say serious or serious radio? I don't Sierra? have any clue. Does anybody have okay. that except people who have purchased a new vehicle and are in the three-month trial period? Yeah, I think a lot of people just by default just keep doing it forever. Well, I feel the same way about um, about Spotify. Um, it, it paralyzes me, honestly. There's two. I, I'm I'm a musician. I want to be musically versed. I feel like I just went to the library. Uh, the, the the New York City Library and walked in the door and go, well, what do you want to read? And I suddenly feel like, well, I feel like I should read everything. It's paralyzing to me. I'd much rather go to my little local branch. It's tiny. I can manage it. That's how I feel about my little music library. I like that. I, I can I can. There's things for me to learn with what I've got. So I like all the I like 
I don't know, confining my, my world and go, I, I can't be, I can't know everything. I can't listen to everything. I, I want, I want to know, I want to be a specialist in my little world. So I try to do, I do that with the, my books and my music and everything else. Where yeah. I struggle with the phone thing is, um, I don't think in my regular day, I, I, I don't think I, I fill up gaps. I, when I'm working at my church, I like to have conversations with people. I feel undistracted there. Um, I think where I struggle the most is late at night. Um, I, I keep saying, we put it on our goal sheet. I'm, I apologize to you and to the world. This goes on my goal sheet every year that we're not going to bring our phones upstairs after dinner. So putting the kids to bed, that kind of starts around 7.30. I want all phones to stay downstairs, never come upstairs, so that the bedroom's a place for conversation, reading, and other things. Um, and I just want, I just want the, I just want things that would interfere with our time and our thought. I just want them to stay downstairs and you know what, there's always a good, good excuse to get that stuff upstairs. And it could be, well, NBA games don't start on the West coast until like 10 o'clock my time. How will I, how will I know how my team's doing? Um, so, and just filling up, Again, I gave a little anecdote about news at the beginning. So I knew there was a Democratic debate this week. I wasn't going to watch it, but around 10 o'clock, I wondered, what are people saying about that debate? How did it go? What, who, 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 is there any standouts or anybody make a fool of themselves? And so what am I, I want to go to Twitter, check on that. When am I going to do that? I don't have time during my day to do that. So I'll tend to do that at night. So I, I feel the most convicted about about cheating, uh, cheating on myself, and cheating on my relationships uh, at night. I feel like that's when time is stolen from me. And of course, all the things that we know about, well, it's terrible for your sleep. We know that sleep is a problem for the United States of America in 2020. And guess what's, guess what has contributed to sleeplessness? Smartphones. And guess what happens to me when I take time that I shouldn't looking at a smartphone at night, guess what? I don't have good sleep. And so when you wake up at two in the morning or you can't go to sleep for two hours, that seems like a pretty easy thing to do with that dead time. I can't fall asleep. Well, just pull out that phone because you're so lazy. You, you put it at your bedside table. Well, there it is. Anyways, that to me, that is a sinkhole for me. Um, that that's the that's the number one place where I, I I feel it like you know sitting at lunch with somebody and like looking at your phone or your smartwatch I I that's unconscionable to me I'm so so deeply offended whenever that happens because I just can't imagine doing that like well there's a human in front of you what are you doing anyways that's that's me well I don't think we're gonna get into it here but. If you guys want to get the full skinny on why we're even talking about tech, there's an article called, All Right, Let's Talk About Smartphones. You could have called this podcast, All Right, Let's Talk About Smartphones. Uh, and then there's yeah. 
another one that we touched on that I want you to go read now that you have homework called Give Boredom a Chance. And we talked a little bit about that, but it really covers, well, if we're not going to fill the gaps, whether that's in the middle of the night or falling asleep or uh, the micro gaps that happen when there's a break in conversation, well, you're going to need to get comfortable with boredom. And I think that's a good word for all of us. Um, you can buy a 97 Land Cruiser and that's one way to force boredom unless you still have all your cassette tapes from the late 80s. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I know well, you me, do. I know you, in your like closing uh, comments here, let me interject with another another area that I... Do it. ...affects my life. I don't know who else it does. But bathroom time has always been a time for one's mind meandering. And we all know that smartphones follow us into the bathroom. And honestly, that can be welcome when I'm going to the, taking a leak in the middle of a day's worth of meetings to just be able to sit that thing on the top of the urinal and go, okay, I'm just getting something. Now I'm getting it back into the meeting. That's great. It's when, again, I'm thinking either mornings waking up or evenings when your mind um, could be drifting to important decisions about your family or your life or God. And we just fill up that time. And, and this sounds crazy and it's not, it's not new. It's not new technology, but Bluetooth has made it more common. But in the days, I remember when shower radios started Wow, fascinating. Well, that's such dumb, dead time. Let's make it entertaining time. And I had years of my life, I had this little Bluetooth suction speaker that would go on the walls of my shower. And it was like one of the rights of my day was turning on PTI, the PTI podcast, which I'd put on my uh, uh, bathroom sink. And then it goes onto the Bluetooth in my shower and then I listen to sports news um, while I'm showering and oh that was fun and on, on this off times when I wouldn't do that it's just fascinating to find what would happen to me is that this is just me naturally you don't have to be this way but what would happen naturally for me in the shower was I would end up praising the Lord in the shower so I would sing worship songs in the shower I would make up new songs in the shower or think about um, what really needed to be done around my, around my life. So, well, we still haven't, we've still haven't got a contractor out to start working on the basement. And that's, an, that's one of those things that isn't going to come up on my to-do list in a day because it's not an urgent thing, but it's something my wife and I want done. And I think, man, I said I was going to do that last week. I said I haven't done that. I need to get on that. Or, or whatever, the things that your mind would drift to and migrate toward. And a shower is just an illustration of something that it's in your home, it's a fixed amount of time. We can recapture it with technology. You can time shift your little podcast, like I'm talking about, et cetera, with PTI. Or you can make a decision, and you don't have to do this. I'm just trying to illustrate a concept. You could put a barrier around that time and say, nothing's going to interrupt this time of 
of deadness. And we watch what happens. Um, I remember I used to have a longer commute and there were times when while I was fasting, I felt God tell me, I don't want you to turn your radio on while you're in the car. And man, after a lifetime of listening to whatever you want, whenever you're driving alone to say, well, I'm going to be locked in my car for 25 minutes one way and I'm not listening to anything man, you get to see how short of an attention span we have because you find your brain is screaming to just go, give me something. Don't make me sit here alone. Um, and I think there's a real value to like not forget God. Just talking about mental health for being a human being, um, just to being a calm person, a person who's at peace with yourself. There ought to be some times that we will recapture quiet and preserve quiet and protect quiet. And that, I mean, I'm, uh, you sparked it when you mentioned that Give Boredom a Chance article that for me, bathroom, bathroom, whether it's toilet or shower or even getting ready at the sink, that's just an easy place for me to listen to sports news. Um, just protecting time in my closet and, sh and bathroom as crazy as that sounds but that's 2020 reality is for me that's one place where i feel this creep come in so throw that out yeah so this week are, are we are we ready to issue a challenge that abraham's wallet nation poops without phones for a whole week <laughs> knock yourself out you the preachers would tell us you can challenge anybody to do whatever you want and there's no accountability of any kind. So knock yourself out. <laughs> okay. Well, consider it guys. And I want to hit on the topic that maybe is going to be the least exciting for some of our listeners, but next week I want to talk about. <laughs> Stop it. You sound like Mr. Three star. <laughs> You're the insurance guy. Okay. Great. But I do want to talk about smartphones and the way they have infiltrated our sexuality and smartphones and porn and all that stuff. So buckle I don't up. think guys will think that's boring. I think guys feel that that's a pain point. Oh, I didn't say they can address it. I didn't say they're going to think it's boring. I said they might be not excited to uh, open the can because the data says that most everyone carrying a smartphone out there this is at least on their radar as a uh, as a pitfall that they struggle with so i know that that's not everybody, I, but it's I a lot i say it's a pain point that you're going to address with uh grace and wisdom and it's not going to be shameful or painful it's going to be great awesome well Next week, guys, we'll be back at it. If you liked this new format, let us know. And if you hated it, let us know. You can email us. Uh, you can just send email to mark at com. You don't have to communicate with us strictly through the iTunes reviews, but you can if you want, and we obviously appreciate that. Until then, I'm Mark Parrott. I'm Stephen Manuel. <laughs> this is Abraham's Wallet. Bye. Bye.